everybody, and welcome back to Classical Stuff You Should Know. We're a podcast about the classical world. We talk about old stuff, and we hope to make you like that old stuff. And my name is AJ Hannenberg. I am joined by Thomas Magby. Hello. And Graham Donaldson. Hi. And we are here to learn about something that, at this point, we should, by all rights, probably be tired of. This is, what, the ninth, tenth <laughs> episode? Know. Like, when are you going to be done with this, man? I can, I can, we can wrap it up today if no, you want. No, <laughs> I'd rather no. not. I, oh. this, so this is a continuing series that Donaldson has done for a long time, and we all love it to death. And apparently somebody sought him out on Reddit <laughs> and gave him, like, a weird reddit chat request That's for right. more of this episode so reddit listener if you're out there this one's for you this one's for you buddy you, got it. you did yeah. it yeah you did it yeah so i was literally preparing this episode last night and i got a bleep on my phone from like reddit saying somebody wants to chat with you and i was like oh and i clicked on it it was a brand new like created account that had no search post history or whatever and it was like do more plantation <laughs> episodes and i was like fine all right so i was literally still preparing it as that message came in so, so this is for you you slash sweat guy 97 <laughs> yep, or that's whatever right. it is so yep. freaky freaky okay <laughs> so i guess i mean for people who are probably like listening to this in order this is probably a frustrating way to start the podcast but for you gentlemen who yep. i did you are the oh. ones i do this for oh thank you which what, i appreciate i love these episodes what like, do you remember from the last one nothing nothing, <laughs> nothing. Like, literally I remember Nothing. So I, I just been looked at the like art. Two months. Yeah, it was Clifford the Big Red yeah. Dog and a sword, and someone got into a fight. Well, I yeah, guess. wasn't there? So the, was it the Battle of Albans? Saint Albans, very good. And and this, was this the one where the English? They're but they're all English. Okay, then I don't remember anything. No, yeah. keep going. <laughs> I want to hear the rest of that. Was this was this where this wasn't where the English like got off their horses and the French didn't and the French got all stuck in the mud? Oh, no, that was killed. long. That's time a while ago. ago yeah. Um. So this is so this is there is the. The main players are you have Richard, Duke of York, who has a kind of tentative claim to the throne. And then you have Henry VI, who's the king, who's kind of like a wet bag. He's not, he's kind of a doofus. He's very pious, very religious, but he's not a manly man. Is he man. the one that kept on sneaking away to be a monk? Yes. And he might be, he he was one that went crazy. Who's and the, like, is this a windowsill guy? He went comatose. That was his, his grandfather was grandfather. the guy. Thought he was a window. Who was the king of France who, went, who oh. also went crazy. But and he then, went com- And then there's two guys who are like, Maybe in line for the kingdom, and they're kind of like pulling shenanigans on one. Didn't would some guy have to hide in a cathedral? That was two episodes was, ago. Yep, also. exactly. All right, yeah. so you remember something? So let's let's do a bit of a recap. We don't remember the last episode. So, we remember, remember two it, episodes ago. It's this a long term yeah. memory versus short term memory. Incredible. So this is a this this is a feud between the House of Lancaster, which is what the king is, the King Henry, Henry the Sixth, okay. and his very capable wife, Queen Margaret, Margaret of Anjou, the queen, the French. Uh, she's French princess, queen of... Queen and she of, hooked up with another guy. No, no. No, she didn't. No. No. You're thinking of someone else. That was, that you're, was thinking of the, you're thinking of the other two queen episodes of ago. Yes. Yeah. Okay. This is incredible. Yeah. I remember every, um, everything two episodes yeah, ago. Yeah. So, okay. Henry VI is the son of Henry V, who was the very accomplished king who took the French crown at the Battle of Agincourt and then died really early. And Henry VI was like a baby. Yes. And they had him be king. And he's like, he's going to unite France and England one day. But he's not because he's kind of like a soft Kleenex of a person. Like he's not a very capable person. (laughs) He probably had, he was, um, I mean, modern scholars have looked back and said there's maybe he was on some, on like the autism spectrum. Like he, he was someone who never really had a father figure and was sort of gravitate towards uh, powerful men. But the, but he was sort of gravitate towards the last powerful man that told him to do something. He'd be like, that's a great idea. And then not a good person to have as king. Right. Sure. And then you have very capable Richard Duke of York that everyone's like, oh man, it would be stinking awesome if Richard was king. But to this point, he has sort of resisted being king. He just wants, 
uh, Henry VI to be surrounded by sort of better advisors than Queen Margaret the, the, and, and the Duke of Somerset. Didn't he kind of run a coup? He did. Is this from two, uh, two episodes <laughs> ago where he ran the coup and then he's like, I really just want to make sure that he's hearing this the is, good things? That, this is exactly it. Yeah. And so then this that's all came funny. to a head at the Battle of St. Albans, yeah. which is where eventually the York and the Lancasters actually had a fight and the Duke of Somerset was killed and Clifford, the big red dog, was killed. He's yes. not a big red dog. Uh, the Duke, uh, mm. uh, Clifford was killed and... Um, and the king was uh, essentially, um, they, they sort of marched him back to, um, to London and they, they wanted, you know, they, they, they kind of like said, you're going to be king in title, but Richard Duke of York is going to take control of stuff. So St. Albans happened. And then after this, um, Margaret basically played her hand. She fled, she raised an army, and she went and she burned down Richard Duke of York's, York's house. Yes. This is where the episode ended. Right. Queen mm-hmm. Margaret um, um, sacked Duke of York's home. I can't remember. I can't remember the name of his house at the, at the moment. And his poor wife Cecily and her youngest boys, including one young uh, Richard Duke of York's son named Richard, who had a bit of a hunch on his back. Uh, young Richard and his youngest brother, whose name I can't remember. Was he three years old? Uh, I don't know how Richard. Richard. Third. <laughs> Richard. Yes, he was three. <laughs> they they went off wailing into the night, getting kicked out of their home. And uh, Richard, Duke of York, he is kind of banished in Ireland, and his ally Warwick is um, the, is is running Calais, which is the last English stronghold in France, and he's kind of using Calais as like a pirate base. Hmm. They're not going to invade France. They're never going to take over the French crown like they had before, like a generation before with Henry V. And so Warwick's just sort of like using Calais as like a pirate base, and Richard, Duke of York, hears word that... Margaret has sacked his home and sent his wife packing into the night. And the queen basically has like um, kind of re-coalesced power and Richard and Warwick are outside of the country. And, and the queen has basically said, all right, if Somerset's dead, the only person who's going to keep my, my boy alive, who's going to be king one day, Edward, is me. So Queen Margaret kind of goes into beast mode and she, be, she is like running armies and meanwhile, her husband, the King of England, is like, oh, I guess I'll go to church. And she's like, fine, go to church. And she is in, in charge. And the first thing she did was sack uh, uh, York's house. Ludlow Castle, that's it. So Duke of York, what's his first name? Is it Richard, Richard. of York? Richard, Duke of York. So Richard and Warwick, he's got, he's got pirate friends. He's got pirate friends, and he is in and Ireland. And his house has just got sacked. His house has got sacked, and he is... Um, and all of this time, people are like, hey, Richard, you should be king. And he has resisted it. He has been, no, all I want to do is serve the crown, even though he had a right to the crown um, from John of Gaunt. Now, he sounds like a stand-up guy. He's a, he was a stand-up guy. Well, something's going to change. Actually, his house getting, his house getting ransacked is going to change things. Uh-oh. Um, will he not be stand-up or will he just be like, all right, it's time to be king now? I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, we'll get there. <laughs> Thank you. So um, he has a claim to the crown. You don't really need to worry about the details, but it comes to the fact that uh, Henry VI became king when he was like a little itty baby, when his father died. But if Henry VI had not become king, it would have been passed down to John of Gaunt. John mm-hmm. of Gaunt would have been king because he was brother to Henry V or whatever, um, if I'm remembering this correctly. Anyway, long story short, Richard, Duke of York, has a claim to the Plantagenet bloodline throne through John of Gaunt. And people have said, hey, man, that's a pretty strong claim. This isn't just like a throwaway claim. This is a strong claim to the crown as opposed to this kid. But 
Richard Henry the sixth is is king, and Richard's like, I serve him, and I you know, and I just want a healthy crown. If you have a weak king, you got a weak country. Okay, so York's in Ireland um, with his son Edward, uh, his oldest son, who is a bit. He's like a tall kid. He's like six four, mm. and uh, and he is like every bit a strapping young dude. Like he's a kid that is gonna go places. This young, this Edward, um, and um, so then Margaret she has sacked Low Castle, and then she begins to um, have Parliament slowly chip away at the York and the Yorkists' sort of um, power base. She gets them to propose laws taking away their lands, taking away their incomes, and she has she presides over this Parliament that ends up being known as the Devil's Parliament um, because it slowly like ate away, uh, and she used legislative power to weaken the Yorkists. And everyone's like, I don't know how cool. That's not cool. Remember, she's also French. So uh, your average yeah. British peasant is like, I don't know how I feel about this. Richard Duke of York's pretty beefy, and our king's pretty wussy. And now we have this French queen who's eating away. Now, people just, it just rubbed them the wrong way. And the commoner really kind of was like on York's side. But the Lancasters are the crown. Like this, right. you know, And they also the people loved Henry VI because he's meek and mild and he's the king. Anyway, um, so Warwick is hears that his estates are slowly getting chipped away through acts of parliament, and he's like, well, this sucks. Uh, I'm a pirate now. I should just go do pirate stuff. You'll remember Warwick was the person who hot-headedly charged to start off the Battle of St. Albans. He yep. was the one that was like, let's go, boys, before the uh, – before the, the um, They blew the whistle. Yeah, before yes. they blew the whistle, and he did, and then um, – uh, uh, Somerset was killed and Clifford was killed and it was this, sort of the first big bloodshed of all these nobles. Um, so Warwick says, all right, um, they're taking away my lands. I'm going to go pirate. I'm going to go full pirate. And he starts to get his troops and he goes and decides that he is going to go to Kent. And Kent is on the southeast coast of England. It's always been a bit of a like uh, rebellious place. There was a couple of popular uprisings of, of people from Kent. If you remember a couple of episodes, a guy, one guy said, we should have no taxes. And he was like this populist guy said, no more taxes. And, um, of course everyone's behind that. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. behind that. He was from Kent. Kent's always been a bit of a, like a hotbed of political turmoil. Warwick decides he's going to go there and, um, and, uh, uh, and sort of ransack it and get some, and get some, some booty get some pirate booty mm -hmm. and he does and um so he lands at a place called sandwich and um and and the the sacking of not sacking but like you know the pirate stuff goes pretty well and when he lands people are like oh man i kind of like warwick warwick's kind of awesome and people start rallying to warwick's cause and his cause of like ransacking the yeah. land yeah and well he's also a yorkist and people like the yorks and they're they're a little upset about margaret being this devil's parliament thing right and Kent's always been a place where it was like, are we, are we ripping the system? We're on board. It's like one hint yes, of system rippage. That's right. And, and so people are coming to Warwick's cause. And so Warwick's like, you know what? I'm not just going to like, you know, rob stuff on the coast. We should just go take London. And wow. so he goes with his army and they march to London. And Margaret at this point is not in London. And he goes there and um, um, it goes pretty well. So he decides to go to London. And, um, but as he goes, he says, I just want everybody to know that I'm still on the side of the king. I'm doing all of this just to have, you know, to protect the king from all of these bad influences like his wife in parliament. 
Um, <laughs> and so we're, we're, we're doing this for you, Henry VI. And so he goes and he actually, um, uh, people rush to his cause and he gets to London and he's there. Um, and he decides, and so Margaret's like, Wait, this, so he's like in the castle? He's, he's going to London and Margaret, um, uh, I can't remember if he, if he is, takes London at this point or not, but regardless, Margaret's like, we need to put a stop to this. Right. So she gets her army together and I mean, just you need to think about this. This is the Queen of England, the French princess, commanding, some accounts have said, up to 30,000 men wow. in the field of battle. Like, Margaret of Anjou was awesome. Right. So she is commanding the troops, and so Warwick confronts Margaret at a battle. And they square off in Northampton. This is the Battle of Northampton. M- meanwhile, Richard is sort of semi-banished in Ireland, and Margaret has enacted all of these things, and Warwick and Margaret are, f- are squaring off of the Battle of Northampton. Um, and there are, so it's Warwick versus Margaret, and Margaret's got three, sem- kind of, you can call them generals, has these sort of three nobles that are commanding troops. She's got Buckingham, um, she has Shrewsbury, and she has Lord Grey. So these three guys versus, Lord Grey sounds awesome. versus yeah, Warwick. Seriously. So Lord Buckingham, Lord Shrewsbury, and Lord Grey, and Warwick. And the battle's about to go, and Lord Grey says, I think I'm going to switch sides. Oh. And so as the battle happens, Lord Grey defects, joins Warwick, and everybody gets con- everybody on the Lancaster side gets confused. And Margaret's like, what the heck is happening? Right. And Grey is now on Warwick's side, and Warwick's like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. It is a rout. Margaret has to flee well, with her, like, six-year-old kid. Edward, Prince of Wales, who's going to be the future, who should be the future king one day, is the prince. She flees. It's a rout, um, and the Duke of Buckingham gets killed. Oh wow! So I think even Warwick kills him or executes him. So Duke of Buckingham is killed at the Battle of Northampton because of Grey's. You could call it treachery. You could call it whatever you wanted. Defection. Um, so this is so the Duke of Buckingham's dead, and this is kind of awkward because um, when. Margaret had sacked Ludlow Castle, and Richard, Duke of York's wife, had to go off wailing into the night with mm-hmm. her babies. Right. She went to go stay with her sister, and her sister's name is Anne of Buckingham. Mm. <laughs> um, the Duke of Buckingham is married to Cecily's sister. So Cecily, wife of Richard, is chilling with her sister Anne in Buckingham Palace, or not Buckingham Palace, in Buckingham. But Buckingham is fighting for the queen. And Buckingham is fighting for the queen, and news comes, hey... The Yorkist Warwick just killed Buckingham and the sisters are like sitting at dinner and she's like, Ooh. hey, I'm sorry that my ally just killed your husband. And um, some accounts say that the relationship turned cold. <laughs> <laughs> um, meanwhile, Cecily is like, but it's her sister and yeah. she's like staying there and she's destitute, right? Because she was just thrown out of her house. Yeah. But this war is happening. But it just shows that like, you Everybody's know, kind of everybody entangled. is entangled, and these are blood relationships that are on different sides of it. And this is these are confusing times, and these right. are pretty, uh, pretty brutal times. And we're starting to get to this isn't just political maneuverings. This is people are dying in the streets, right. and it's going to get worse. So Buckingham's killed. Um, Cecily's at Anne's house, and uh, kind of awkward at dinner time. Um, Gray has defected, and um, Margaret flees. And at the end of the battle, um, uh, Warwick's walking around with his troops, and they go to the other side, of like, the Lancaster side, and they, like, go to the king's tent. And who's sitting just, like, chilling in the tent doing nothing? 
but King Henry VI. Right. He's just there, just sitting in his armor in a chair in the tent. And Warwick's like, oh, um, I guess we're here to f- liberate you, right. King. And the king's like, fine, okay. I've been liberated so many dang yeah. times, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so the king is essentially captured by Warwick. Mm. So Warwick takes the king to London, and he's like, don't worry, king. Now you're going to rule without anybody, like, without that w- terrible queen and parliament hanging over you. You can now rule as your own man. And Henry's like, I miss Margaret. She, he loves Margaret. Mm. Uh, and Henry is can not... Can I do it from church? Yeah, Henry is not happy to be captured, but he's captured. And this is a big blow to Margaret, because her she was just... She lost some men. She's lost the king. Um, and Richard in Ireland sees this as his opportunity. He's like, I'm coming home. Okay. So... Richard comes back. Oh, he's banished in Ireland, he's not been, to Ireland. Sorry, he's been banished in Ireland. Yeah, he's been in... Oh, you kept on saying he's been banished sorry. from Ireland. Sorry, he's okay. been in Ireland, and he's just... I mean, it's like... It's not banishment, like, officially, but it's kind of... Um, Go there, and we won't yeah. mess with you. Yeah, uh, and, and so... But now he comes back with his son, and... Both Churchill and Dan Jones, in their in their respective histories in the War of the Roses, both kind of say that something has changed in Richard in his time in Ireland, whereas before he has been content saying like, "Henry the Sixth is the king. I just want to be essentially the regent and help guide the realm." And I, and he's he's come back and. He, something has changed in that he wants to be king. So I'll give you the, you know, so what has changed? When he comes back, he lands in, I think, Chester uh, on the west coast of England, and he lands wearing essentially like kingly robes. Okay. And when he reunites with his dear wife, Cecily, he has her travel on this like resplendent blue velvet chair that would be something that a queen would travel okay. in. And he wears sort of these ancient symbols of, of kinghood. He dresses his horse in a way that has these like special tassels that usually only kings wear. And the biggest one is that he, um, so he comes, he, he uh, 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 travels with his sword bared open before him. Mm. And that is apparently something only kings can do. And he's doing this. So everybody who looks at Richard landing isn't just like, oh, here's a noble lord. It's like, that guy is dressing up. He's, he looks like he thinks he's the king of England. He's dressing up as the king of England. He looks like he's wearing all of the Plantagenet livery. Mm. He's not just wearing the Yorkish livery. So people are like, dang, this is pretty obvious. He has come back not just as a helpful regent to the crown, but as a challenger for the throne. I mean, it didn't come across as silly. Like, if I dress like the president, people would be like, ah, oh, bruh. But you have but the thing is you have okay. a lot of people who say that your your claim to the throne is legitimate, and lots of people have been saying, "Dude, just like stand up and take it." And yeah, now right. he's basically standing up and taking it. Yeah. Um, except people love Henry the Sixth. Henry the Sixth has not been tyrannical like Edward the Second or Richard the Second, other deposed kings, um, and um, and so there's like you can't just be. Go and take over and be king, but in, in it, but people are people are sh- are sh- shooketh, <laughs> people uh-huh. are shooked, shaked, people are shocked, whatever word you want, people Sh-shaken. are it. Yeah. Um, uh, we peop- got there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, disturbed. This is a disturbing yes. thing, and people are like, you can't just pretend to be king and think that this is okay. We need some sort of compromise. So anyway, um, Richard Duke of York um, goes to London. Uh, let me just and. Um, 
he goes to London and really Queen Margaret and the seven-year-old Edward Prince of Wales are the really only enemies that are left. There are the Tudors who are kind of off doing their Welsh thing in Wales and they're like kind of enemies because if you remember, um, Owen Tudor was the person that the old queen fell in love with. So Henry V's young wife became a widow and she married Owen Tudor yes. and Don't had some kids. the Tudors eventually come they into do. the crown? But they're, they're kind of this minor thing right now. So there's the Tudors yeah. who are on the Lancaster side, but they're off doing their little Welsh thing. And the, the Welsh are always kind of stirring up trouble for the English. But Queen Margaret and little baby Edward, the, Edward Prince of Wales, are really the only remaining enemies. And they're off tramping around the north, trying to get Scottish help and trying to get French help and trying to get Lancaster help. So Edward's like, We'll deal with Margaret later. He goes to London, and everyone's like, oh, is he going to crown himself? Wait, Edward king? or Richard? Richard. Sorry, Richard. Yeah. He, sorry, Richard goes to London, and everyone's like, oh, is he going to crown himself king? Is he going to kill it? Henry VI? Can't do that. That would be real bad. Something needs to happen. So he f- basically forces Henry VI to declare him, Richard, Duke of York, as the heir to the throne. Wow. And Parliament... Um, makes this decision. So the decision is this. Henry VI is going to rule as king until the day he dies. And when Henry VI dies, Richard, Duke of York, will be king. And then the person after that, uh, Richard, Duke of York's eldest son, Edward, is going to be the heir to the throne. And Edward is, because there's two Edwards, he is the Earl of March. So the Earl of March is going to be the heir to the throne. And after that, um, if the Earl of March isn't around, it's going to go to this kid named Rutland. So Rutland can be king. So So they've effectively just deposed the whole family. They have deposed the whole family. So they have disinherited the Prince of Wales, Edward the Prince of Wales, for Edward, Earl of March, and Duke of York. Okay. So they try to do that where no one would really notice. Like, yes, it's all still Edward. Or <laughs> no, no, they, yeah, they, um, and <laughs> the so man. Uh, Edward is still the good thing. That's funny. So let's see. Uh, uh, let's see. So they get Parliament to do this. Um, um, so here, here's how Dan Jones talks about this scene when he goes in when Richard Duke of York shows up to Parliament. Um, da, 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 da. Let's see. Um, York marched on, bursting into the painted chamber to find the parliamentary lords assembled before an empty throne. Standing before his peers as his servants held the cloth of state over his head, York gave them knowledge that he proposed not to lay down his sword, but to challenge his right. He was staking his claim to the crown on the basis that his right in blood, descending twice from Edward III via the Mortimer and York lines, was superior to that of the king or the prince of Wales, and that, quote, that no man should have denied the crown from his head. There was a stunned silence. Right. So he has now come in and he has said, I should be king. And parliament negotiates this compromise, which is you were the heir to the throne after the Henry VI. But isn't Henry going to live longer than him because he's older than the kid? Potentially. But as long, but now that's now the, the crown is going to pass to the York line. Right. Or all you got to do is like, oh, Henry fell down the stairs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And now Richard Duke of York is king. Okay. So basically, little Edward, Prince of Wales, has been disinherited. Margaret, not happy. Right. Angry, well, angry oh, yeah. mother. Yeah. So 
Was there any provisions for her and her family? Like they get to have a house and some lands, or no. it was just they're total. They're out. They're out. They're out. Yeah. I mean, she can be queen. She's she can. She's got like the French that love her, and the Scots love her because well, the Scots and the French are going to play a role later on in the wars to come because Scotland and France will always join the side of the weaker of the English parties because they just want to keep England destabilized. Mm, that's funny. So the, and also, so the French love Margaret because she's French and the Scots love the weakest one because they can help sort of like troll the English. Uh, and the way the Welsh do this too. Anyway, um, so while Parliament is debating whether or not, uh, debating this whole Richard being the, the new heir, the crown, the actual crown of the country is sitting essentially on like a, a peg mm. on the wall, like the sort of fancy place where the crown sits when the king's not there. And as they're debating it, something happens and the crown falls off the peg Ooh. and rolls on the ground Ooh. and makes this big clanging noise and everyone looks at it. And the Yorkists say, that's a good omen. It's because the crown is going to fall to Richard. And everyone else is like, I, I don't think that's a good right. omen. That seems like a bad omen. But anyway, so the crown falls and clatters on the ground while parliament is in session. And people are like, Uh-oh. don't know how to deal with that. Anyway, so Richard is happy because he is now the heir to the throne. Um, and so with the, just timeline, that happened. What the, does he do in the meantime? Like if you're the heir to the throne, do you just sort of... Keep doing your thing. Yeah. His house is burned down. Yeah, well, right. you, you know, you you got Margaret to deal with. Um, yeah. And you can kind of maybe like, now that you're the heir to the throne, you can maybe like kind of turn the screws a little bit on Henry. Yeah. Uh, maybe suggest things. He's highly suggestible sure. king, right? You've got him as, you know, you've liberated him, but he's like locked up in a house. Right. Um, anyway, so the crown fell on the ground and clattered around and freaked everybody out. It was October 31st, 1460. So it was on Halloween too, which is kind of funny. So people are kind of, you know, take that as a bad omen. Queen Margaret, not happy. She goes to Scotland because she's just been disinherited and her kid's been disinherited. Um, She worries that assassins are going to come for the Prince of Wales, her seven-year-old kid. She goes to Scotland and she puts out the call for all of her allies to come help her. Um, And... She must, so, and this is October 31st. It is winter. You do not muster armies in winter. Miserable. No one wants to move around in winter time. And everyone- That's how you end up eating your shoes. Exactly. Right. Everyone sort of, so um, the Yorkists in London kind of are like, all right, we've got a winter to let things kind of settle down. We're not having any fights. Um, Margaret is going to go like just sort of brood like an angry mother up in Scotland for the winter. And when the spring comes, we'll figure it out. Margaret decides, I'm definitely going to raise an army. I don't care that it's winter. Uh, um, I thought you boys were hardened. I thought you guys are men. I, I, what are you complaining about being, uh, walking around in the wintertime? If a woman can do it, you guys can do it. And they're yeah. like, okay, fine. <laughs> so she raises her army in wintertime, Scots, uh, she gets some French, and then she gets all of the people who are loyal to the king, Henry VI. And she, uh, and then all of a sudden, word comes down to London, hey, Margaret's in the field with an army. And they're like, Ser- seriously? <laughs> it's winter. Gosh darn it, Margaret. Like, why don't you follow the rules? Why don't you yeah. follow the rules? This is like, anyway, but she's not playing by the man's rules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, so she musters an army, and Duke of York's like, okay, we're, we're, we're going to go put an end to this. So he takes his army to the field and it's Christmas. It's actually the, the it's, Christmas well, day. Well, no, it's not Christmas day. It's actually December 30th. Okay. But, but so she's enough. in the field 
and um, and he's in the field trying to meet her, and he basically sends messages to her army being like, it's Christmas. <laughs> Please. We should have a Christmas truce. There should be a Christmas truce. And she's basically like, screw your truce. There's no Christmas truce. And so he, everyone's frustrated because they assume it's Christmas time and they're not going to be fighting. It's winter. It's miserable. Um, it's wet. It's Nobody muddy. Nobody wants to be out there. Right. The, you know, the cannons aren't going to work. Like, it's just miserable. And Margaret is... She doesn't care. She is a woman possessed. She is Foam ang- at the mouth. Yeah, she's angry. Yeah. So she sends some of her troops forward, and they get into this small little skirmish with some of York's troops. A little, uh, a small little skirmish uh, that turns into the Battle of Wakefield. Hmm. So she, um, so there's a skirmish. It's kind of indeterminate who wins. People are hurt, and the Duke of York's like, oh. Christmas. We shouldn't be fighting. <laughs> Wait, so this, this, the skirmish was between the two big armies? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She sends like some of her troops forward and yeah. maybe they met each other in the woods and they're like, oh, well, you lo-, and they start fighting, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, <gasps> and then for, no one really knows why, but the Duke of York decides that he is going to send some of his troops forward after this skirmish just to kind of like hold the line. But when he does this, um, it's December 30th, um, uh, this small skirmish ends up being this bigger battle. Um, uh, people who are really interested in the, in the sort of the dynamics of the battle, there's like the actual layout of the battlefield. York gets himself into trouble where he sort of like backed into like there's like this stream and there's a bridge and he kind of gets gets trapped. And this what started off as a small skirmish ends up being this pretty decisive battle. And the York and Margaret wins the day. Oh, and no. the Yorkists kind of get routed. And it gets to this point. Is so, it not that I'm rooting for Richard? Like, uh, for some reason, I'm kind of rooting for him. I don't him. know. You can root forever you want. Yep. So Richard, Duke of York, the heir to the throne, is there with his with his second uh, eldest, Rutledge. Rutledge? Yeah. Yes. Rutland. Sorry, Rutland. Oh, Rutland. Him and Rutland are there. And the battle is that what turned out as just like a small little skirmish. Actually, well, it was, you know, sort of turn. And this is actually a pretty desperate fight. Yep. And Richard finds himself backed in with his troops with a stream behind him. And he t- says to Rutland, he's like, Rutland, get out of here. Mm. You get out of here right now. And Rutland's like, yes, sir. And Rutland gets on his horse and rides away. But meanwhile, one of the queen's uh, men was the young Duke of Clifford. I don't know, I don't know if, it's a Cl- if it's a Duke, but it was young Clifford. Clifford's dad was the big red dog who died in the Battle of St. Albans, right? Of course. So, um, and young Clifford is out for revenge because Mm. his dad was killed by these Yorkists at St. Albans, which the the Lancasters saw this as treachery because Warwick kind of jumped the gun. And and so Clifford gets on his horse and he rides down. He chases Rutland. He chases Rutland. Rutland. And so I'm going to read you both accounts of what happens. So... um, uh, this is uh, so. This is what. Um, so, his son, the Earl of Rutland, eighteen years old. This is uh, this is Churchill. Eighteen years of uh, years old was flying, but the new Clifford, remembering Saint Albans, slaughtered him with joy, wow. exclaiming, "By God's blood, thy father slew mine, and so will I do thee and all thy kin." And he sticks a knife in him. Um, yeah, was <clears throat> yeah. So what a line. So he, yeah, it's a sweet line. So he kills Rutland, and see, I think uh, Dan Jones has some extra sort of color to add to this. Let's see if I can find it. Um, 
Um, Lord Clifford had chased him from the battlefield and caught up with him near the bridge. He was surrounded. Clifford stepped forward, cursed the young man, and told him to prepare for his death as your father slew mine. Then, as pleas for... Oh, yes, this is the new thing. Um, So Rutland was escaping, and he was escaping with his tutor, his, like, private teacher. And his tutor steps forward, and he's like, spare the young man's life. Don't kill my my boy. Uh, And then... um, uh, uh, the boy's tutor and chaplain, Robert Aspell, who stood by the side, uh, Clifford drew his dagger and thrust it through his heart, killing Rutland. So the tutor watches his little tootie. What are they called? Tutelage? No, tootie sounded right. Yeah. Um, so his tutor stands up, his, stu- his pupil <laughs> yeah. gets killed in front of him. And the battle is still going on, and Duke of York is there. He does not he's know that his, his kid. he's lost yeah. his kid. He doesn't know it's yeah. someone's kid. And Clifford is happy because he's got his revenge for his dead father. Oh. Um, I like this Clifford chap. I know. This Clifford chap is kind of, yeah. Duke of York gets captured mm. at the Ooh. end of the Battle oh. of Wakefield. Something that was like a meaningless skirmish. Duke of York is captured. They strip him of his armor. They he's p- the heir. He's like, the how does this work with the queen being the queen? She doesn't care. She doesn't believe it. Right. She's like, my, my, my boy Edward, Prince of Wales, is the heir. I don't care what Parliament said. I don't care what this traitor says. Yep. So she captures Duke, uh, Richard, Duke of York. Uh, she takes off his armor. She puts a paper crown on his head. Oh, my gosh. And beheads him. Wow. That's intense. So Richard, Duke of York, is killed. That's incredible. Yep. Wow. Whoa. She takes his head, and she mounts it with the paper crown on the walls of the city of York. Mm. And Rutland's head, too, just for good measure. So isn't the York like his town? Yeah, I mean, he's the Duke yes. of York. Yeah, yes. but she now, but, but she now. sort of has command of the North. Yep. Sheesh. Yeah, so she's she, for reals. She's for reals. So Richard, Duke of York, heir to the throne, is dead. Yes. And now there's a big question: Who does it go to? Who does it go to? So if you agree with Parliament, it should go to Edward, Earl of March, right? Who is Richard's son, right? And if you are on the, if you're the OG when it comes to Edward, uh, if, you, if you're if you follow the old ways of Henry the Sixth, it should go to and I do. Edward, Prince I'm of Wales. I'm just kidding. So you switch sides immediately. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm actually still for the Yorkists. Really? So now yeah. you've got these two Edwards. But I actually just want Clifford. Yes, like at this point, I'm <laughs> all for Clifford at yeah. this point. Bring in Clifford, make him the guy. I'm, I'm down. This is seems a good like call. a strong chap. So you've got these two Edwards that are vying for the throne. Um, Edward, Earl of March, is mad. His father is uh, dead. Yeah. Um, he's 18 years old, 6'4", and is all, and is like a warrior. Yeah. He can throw down. Yeah. Uh, Edward, or, uh, Duke, Prince of Wales, is eight years old and is not a warrior yet. Uh, he's just a kid. Anyway, um, York's dead. And, um, this is a massive victory for Queen Margaret. And she is, she's a happy camper. She has killed probably the biggest threat to her son's life. Um, and, um, but the king is still under the command, under sort of the house arrest from Warwick and Warwick is the biggest Yorkist ally. So Warwick still holds the king and the queen is still in the field and it's winter time. Um, but she has destroyed and killed the Duke of York. All right. Edward, the, the son, Earl of March is not a happy camper. He's eight, so he's 18, like I've said. He's 6'4", um, and he is uh, uh, Chesterton. Sorry, Chesterton. Uh, Chur- Churchill calls him wrathful. Okay. <laughs> this is the adjective that gets used for him. Oh, no. Um, and Churchill kind of points out that after this, like, let's see if we can find it. 
Yeah, this is what Churchill says. After the Duke of York's been killed, Churchill kind of summarizes it like this. Hitherto, uh, so he says, the great Duke's head with a paper crown grinned upon the landscape, summoning the Avengers. Hitherto, the struggle had been between mature, comfortable magnates, deeply involved in state affairs and trying hard to preserve some limits. Now, a new generation took charge. There was a new Lord Clifford, a new Duke of Somerset, Above all, a new Duke of York, all in the twenties, sword in hand, with fathers to avenge, and England as the prize. So you've kind of moved off from, like, you know, Warwick's still an old, an old guard, but you've kind of moved off from these older gentlemen, the original Duke of Somerset, doing political the original, kind of. who were doing political maneuvering, who were, who were shedding blood at increasingly more brazen ways. But now you've got their sons who've grown up and all they've ever known is their father's, you know, cursing at the dinner table of how things aren't going their way and an ever increasing amount of bloodshed. And so now you've got these boys that are like, you know, if my father killed, killed thousands, I can kill tens of thousands, right? Like that kind of escalation attitude in this new generation of young men who see that like. Every, they all have a grudge. They all have a blood feud, and they all see their cause of righteous as righteous to win the crown. And then you've got this sort of like mopey, dopey, disengaged king, kind of being passed back and forth. And his wrathful queen. And his yes. wrathful queen yes. being passed back and forth between whoever won the day. So this is what's happening now. So now we get the ascendancy of Edward, Earl of March, the new Duke of York. So we'll just call him the Earl of March because that's easier. Uh, and he'll be the main Edward. Because we still got we still got little Prince of Wales Edward. Anyway. Um, so he um, uh, this happened in December. By February, um, the uh, Earl of March has his men in the field, and he marches on the Queen, Margaret. And he marches his army um, to a to he was he's been in Wales this whole time. And so he gets his Welsh army. So Richard's army. kid. Richard's the, kid has been in Wales. That's right. Beef so he's got his army in Wales, and he marches towards the queen's position. Uh, no. I'm, I may be wrong about that. Sorry. He marches on the queen's closest ally, hmm. the, the, the Tudors in Wales. So he's like, all right, if Margaret's going to kill my dad, I'm going to go. I'm like, this is an open war. I'm going to kill her some friends. Yes. So he marches on the Tudors, and he fights them. Um, uh, led by Owen Tudor. If we remember, Owen Tudor was the lover and husband yes. of the Queen Catherine, who was Henry V's wife, and then she married this Welshman for love and um, and had a bunch of kids. Uh, most notably, Owen's Tudor kid Jasper is going to play a big part of this. It's a great name. He also yeah. had a son whose name was either Richard or Ed- Edward, who married... The girl when she was like twelve, remember this? Uh, yes. He married the twelve, the really rich twelve-year-old, and yes. she got pregnant at thirteen. He died of the plague, and she gave birth. And she's like, "I'm never doing that again." Right. All right. So that's the Tudor line. Yeah. Um, Edward, uh, wrathful, tall Edward, uh, Earl of March, rides off to fight the Tudors in Wales, and he is very successful at the Battle of Mortimer's Cross. An eighteen-year-old commanding an army wins the day at Mortimer's Cross and defeats the the, the Welsh. Uh, led by Tudors, and he captures Owen Tudor. Awesome. And Owen Tudor is like... I feel like Owen's just like, look, man, I'm not even part of this. <laughs> well, this is exactly true. <laughs> Why are you killing me so, for? So Owen gets captured, and Owen's like, oh, you got me. 
Good job. All right. Um, I guess I'm going to go to jail. Right. I, are you going to put me in a castle? And, and uh, Edward's like, I'm going to cut your head off. And Owen's like, whoa, 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 buddy. I didn't even fight for her. I, yeah, right. well, I'm, I'm just Welsh. I, I fight for whoever, you know, want. I, I'm not really in this. Um, my wife was the queen of France, but not the same queen of France. Like, I'm not... I'm not in the battle like you guys are in. Like, I don't have this blood hatred that you guys do. And Edward's like, we're going to cut your head off. <laughs> and so, uh, according to Churchill, Owen Tudor did not believe that he was uh. going to get executed until his head was on the chopping block. Uh. And we have this um, very sad... Um, remember, so he's he's an old so man. They, they lean his head and he's like, "You guys are hilarious." Yeah, he's like, he's like, <laughs> "All right, you got oh, this is scary." That, that, that axe really looks sharp. Like, <laughs> I really believe it, guys. But apparently, so Owen Tudor, sixty-year-old man who you know was married to. Wait, a, he's sixty. He's sixty. Okay. Yeah, he's an old it's guy. Been a while. Yeah. He was married to a queen of yeah. France. And he is now being executed in this feud that he's not really part he of. He doesn't really care about. Yeah. Right. That sucks. Um, Poor guy. And so here's what uh, happens to Owen. It says, one chronicler wrote, this is Dan Jones, one chronicler wrote that Owen Tudor's last words recalled his wife, the princess of France and queen of England, who had seen fit to marry this humble Welshman and bear him children. Hmm. Quote, that head, sh- uh, th- that head shall lie on the stock that was wont to lie on Queen Catherine's lap, oh. he said. Then he put, quote, his heart and mind wholly unto God, and full meekly took his death. Wow. And so wrathful Edward, Earl of March, kills, kills Owen Rando. Tudor. Kills Owen Tudor. Yep. And Owen's like, my head, the, the head that is laying on the, the block used to lay in the Queen of France's lap. So nice. So That's nice. a nice little thing. I, I feel know. like he just involved a whole army that previously wasn't that involved. Yeah. Right? Like they were friends for her. Did, they didn't fight for her yet, had they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they had fought. But oh, okay. he, he was, the, the Welsh were always like, Oh, we'll go burn a crop. Oh, we'll go like, you know, throw arrows at a castle. Oh, we'll just be basically jerk bags to the English. Like but che- ne- cheeky, yeah. cheeky fights. Exactly. But now, and we were on the side of the king, but now this, you know, they killed Owen Tudor. Jasper, Owen's kid is like, oh, yeah. oh it's on. So Jasper is angry. He storms off to go raise his Welsh army mm-hmm. and, and he'll come back later. So Jasper is ticked. He goes off, actually Jasper goes off to Scotland to like plot his revenge right. over Edward, Earl of March. All right, so ja- off Jasper goes. Jeez Louise. Man, you can't kill anybody without making a few enemies, yeah, I, I guess, huh? Like, seem somebody's going to take revenge on you? Yeah. Jeez Louise. Seems like a bad idea. So, Should it be easier to kill somebody? Queen no, Margaret. No. <laughs> Queen Margaret hears about this, and she decides that she is going to march her... She's in the north, and the thing you got to know about the northmen, the northerners in England, is that people in the south kind of are scared of the northerners. They are seen as the more savage of the English race, um, the northerner. And so the queen has her savage northerners and she's full of wrath and she's got her like seven-year-old kid walking around with her. And he's full of wrath. And he's, well, actually he is. And we'll find out in a second. <laughs> um, and she's got these like, these sort of wrathful northerners who they kind of care about this, but really they just want to like get rich. Hack and slash. They want to hack and slash and get rich. So she starts riding south to go free her husband, Henry VI. And Warwick's like, all right, I guess we're going to fight again. And they meet at St. Albans uh, a no second way. time. Wow. So wait, has the, has the Earl of March come back? Is he fighting nope. with Warwick? He is. He, Earl of March is Just killing randos off, mm-hmm. off in the bushes. Mm. So he's far away. And so Margaret and Warwick um, 
uh, are uh, are fighting uh, St. Albans again. Warwick gets um, brings Henry the Sixth and um, dresses him in his like very fancy gold armor and has two and takes two of these guards and he's like, all right, you guys, your job is to make sure nothing bad happens to Henry during this fight, okay? And um, one of the guards was a very famous British um, um, so, uh, a knight named Sir Curiel, and we'll come back to Sir Curiel in a second. Okay. Anyway, so Sir Curiel and some other guy are watching the king, and the king's sitting uh, under a tree at, uh, in St. Albans watching the battle and is apparently very much enjoying it. So he's like sitting, clapping his hands in his armor, watching, the, watching wow. it, and his like two guards are there with him. Sir Curiel and this other guy. I feel like okay. one of them wants to kill him. Nope, so they're, they're off doing their thing. And so Warwick and Margaret are going to fight. Uh-huh. That's the second battle of St. Albans, the, the site of the first great Yorkish victory. Is Clifford in the mix? Um, probably. On Catherine's side? Yeah. Or on Although Russell, I don't Russell think he plays any role in this battle. But he's probably there. He's probably there. Yeah, because he was there when he killed, uh, when he killed Rutledge. Unless he's hunting the Earl of March. <laughs> it's true. So um, this battle happens. And at this point, Queen Margaret and her her wrathful, uh, crazy-eyed Northerners win the day. And so Margaret's like the real deal. Margaret is right? the real deal. And so she has just had stunning victory after stunning victory, and Warwick get, is defeated, and he gets out of there and leaves the king behind, and him and his nobles, they, they ride off. They bail. They bail, and the Yorkish forces are crushed, and Margaret comes... And she sees her her husband sitting under a tree, and she frees him. She's like, "All right, guess what? You are liberated. I have now, uh, you know, got my husband back." Um, and does she, she feel any regret that she's having to liberate him? Like, is that a thing? I don't know. It doesn't say anything. Um, and so she's there, and there are two Yorkish guards, and she's like, "All right, boys, kill him." And the king says, "No, no, 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 no. You don't need to kill these men. These men have been here to protect me." And the queen's like, yeah, but they're Yorkish. They should die. And the king says, they should be under my protection. And Margaret decides that she is going to turn to the Prince of Wales, to to an eight-year-old, he's now eight, to an eight-year-old boy, and she says, what should we do with these men who are guarding your father? This is what happens. Oh, no. Oh, man. Um, So this is what uh, Churchill says. Two knights of high renown in the French war one, the redoubtable Sir Thomas Curiel, had been appointed as his, Henry VI, warders and guardians. Above all, they were to make sure no harm came to him. They therefore remained with him under this tree, and all were surrounded by the victorious army. Among the many captains of consequence, whom Margaret put to death in cold blood the next morning, these two cases needed special consideration. King Henry said uh, he had asked them to bide with him and that they had done so for his own safety. Queen Margaret pronounced, produced her son Edward, now seven, so he's only seven years old, um, to whose disinheritance the king had perforce consented and asked this child, already precociously fierce, to pronounce. Fair son, with what death shall these two knights die whom you see there? Oh, so she didn't ask, like, should they die, just with what death? Their heads should be cut off, was the ready answer. As Curiel was being led away to his doom, he exclaimed, May the wrath of God fall on those who have taught a child to speak such words. Whoa. Thus with pity banished line. from all hearts, and death or vengeance was the cry. That is a great line, yeah. So, 
Sir Curiel, who was asked by the king to protect him, who did protect him, was ordered executed by a seven-year-old boy, and his last words were that, uh, may the wrath of God fall on those who have taught a child to speak such words. Awesome. That's awesome. awesome. Okay, so Margaret has her husband back, and she takes her ravenous, crazy northern army And her ravenous, crazy eight-year-old. And her ravenous, crazy (laughs) eight-year-old to London. Yeah. But when she gets there, everybody in London is scared. They are terrified Uh, of this army. Oh, yeah. Uh, Actually, after the Battle of St. Albans, the troops are like, all right, so we can can ravage and pillage the town, right? And Henry's like, no, you can't ravage and pillage the town. As your king, I command you not to ravage and pillage the town. Uh Uh-oh. They well, rav- those guys wanted to get rich. They right? ravage and pillage the town. Of course the they town. do. Yeah. yeah, of course. In defiance to the king. That's what you do. They right. burned down St. Albans and took all the stuff. And so they're coming to London with Margaret and a weak king and a like bloodthirsty eight-year-old. And London um, basically refuses them entry and says, like, you're not, we don't want these men in here. And Margaret goes back and forth between the like civic government and parliament and whatnot. And she basically says, fine. And she takes her army back to the north. So she's got the king, she's got the Prince of Wales, and she has the wind, the victorious army, and she marches north knowing that she's going to have to contend with the Earl of March and his army in the west mm. in Wales. there's still an army floating around. There's right. still an army walking around. So, But Warwick is out. He's dead, right? He's not dead. He just fled, oh, he, right. fled, he fled, and his, he, he fled goes, and he, he joins back with the Earl of March. Jeez. So the Warwick and the Earl of March are reunited. The queen, the Prince of Wales, and Henry VI, they have to go north because the army is not tolerated in London. And Warwick and the Earl of March are reunited. And Earl of March says, you know what? Like, the accord between Henry VI and my father that Parliament approved has been broken. Mm. I do not need to wait for Henry VI to die. I can go be king. And Warwick's like, yes, you can. So the army in the West go to London. um, And... The uh, uh, the eighteen year old Earl of March goes into London, and on uh, March fourth, um, they he is he's not crowned king. His coronation and his uh, anointing will come later, but he is pronounced Edward the Fourth, King of England. Oh wow! And so now we have two kings. Right. So Edward the Fourth and Henry the, the King Sixth. of the North. Yes, exactly. So you have Henry the Sixth, who's the king in, in absentia who's kind of this weak king with crazy Mm -hmm. Margaret. She's not crazy. She's awesome. Um, And then Edward, who's come in and he says, they killed my father. They broke the accord. I have been well within my rights to claim the crown as myself and to pronounce that French queen and the king as traitors. I bet her nationality doesn't help. Exactly. So he is is now Edward IV, um, and he comes in and... The, the empty um, judicial marble bench that is there, he sits down as King Edward IV and begins to reign in London as king. And everybody in London's kind of cool with this because they, wow. liked, they liked the Yorks. They were kind of, they didn't like the Lancasters because they don't really like Margaret. Henry's right. so weak. And now you've kind of got two kings and the new king, Edward IV, needs to muster an army because he now needs to go deal with Margaret once and for all and Henry VI. But he's got London to pull from. And he's got London to pull from, and he now has all of the pomp and circumstances being named king. The, 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 the special sermon was preached. 
Uh, he hasn't been coronated, but yeah, has he been has he been oiled? He hasn't been oiled. Salad, he hasn't been, hasn't been oiled. Okay. But everyone's like, yeah, they made a deal. Hmm. They Henry the Sixth and Duke of Richard Duke of York made that agreement that the line is going to be passed down to Edward, and Henry. For all intents and purposes, his camp killed Richard, Duke of York, so Edward now has can stand up and claim the throne. And so he has a legitimacy, and lots of people rally to his cause. So he begins to muster his troops, and we're going to end here today because what is coming up is the bloodiest battle mm. to ever take place on English soil, even still to this day, wow. and that's coming up. I'm in. Sounds so about, sounds we awesome. now got two kings. We've got, a, you know, not an he's not old, but an aging and obviously impotent Henry VI and a new, young, tall, handsome Edward IV who has caused the crown. He's been named king. And you've got sort of generation of hotheads who've all they've ever known is blood and death and everyone's got a cause against everybody else. And even people like poor Owen Tudor are getting pulled into it. Yeah. And so, yep. Yeah, so there you go. That's our installment of the of the. So Richard's dead, um, and Henry and Margaret are kind of on the run in the north with their awesome big uh, murderous army. And Edward's got to figure out how he is going to um, solidify his power. solidify his power and deal with deal with the Lancasters once for, once and for all. So there you go. Dang, That's man. today's episode. Dang. Quite okay. a cliffhanger. That's yeah, great. that was awesome. Yeah, thanks, Graham. No problem with the quotes and everything. Well done. Well done. Okay, well, this has been Classical Stuff You Should Know, and you can email us at theguysatclassicalstuff.net if you want. We try to answer those if we can. You can also check us out at our website, classicalstuff.net. You can tweet at us at C-L-S-S-C-A-L stuff. And what am I missing here? Oh, you can patronize us at our Patreon, patreon.com slash classicalstuff. And if you do so, you get some extra behind-the-scenes stuff that we are about to record right now. You also get our monthly AMA, which we just recorded prior to this episode. We did. So, yeah, you get all kinds of extra stuff, and uh, we're happy to be back. Happy to be recording again, and we got more stuff coming at you. So, thanks, everyone. This is awesome. us signing off. Ciao. Bye.